Welcome to the Herb Nerd Podcast with enlightening interviews where vibrant and diverse teachers, authors, and healers talk about a variety of topics such as self-healing, herbalism, and spirituality. And now your guide, my mom, the Herb Nerd. Welcome to the Herb Nerd Podcast. This month, we're going to be talking with Maricela Alvarez. She is a shamanic practitioner from the Andes Mountains in Peru, and she does holistic healing, hypnotherapy, and she is a Reiki practitioner. She's an amazing healer, and I'm really excited to share her with you. Also, I want to give a big thank you to Aquarian Dawn and Shemegs. They both were so kind as to leave reviews on iTunes, so I really want to give a thank you to you for doing that. That always makes my heart flutter to know what you're all thinking about this podcast, and it helps push me on. So I also want to, as a thank you, load another podcast next week with Maricela and an amazing meditation technique that she will teach you. So that's going to be on the podcast next week. And I'm just giving that as a gift, and so is Maricela, to all the people who might be interested in shamanic healing and people who need deeper, deeper healing. This path has been so incredible for my healing, and we both want to share it with you as a thank you. So there you go. We're going to go straight into the podcast today because it's an extra long one, and I hope you enjoy it. So let me know what you think and leave a review or find me on Facebook or on my website at theherbnerdpodcast.com. I hope you like it. It's a real treat. Today, we are going to talk about spirit guides, shamanic healing, and how to cultivate a relationship with your animal helpers. So let's start by having you share your story. Growing up in Peru, how did you come to learn about herbs, healing, and spirituality? Hmm. I like that question because it takes me back to my time with my grandmother. I think from the moment I have awareness of my surroundings, she was always there present for me. And I consider her a medicine woman. She knew a lot about herbs, about the soul, about the non-ordinary reality that we can also call a spiritual realm. And I remember as a child, um, she was already doing soul retrieval. And without having the name or the knowledge that that's what was happening until I came here and and I studied with different teachers, then I knew that that's exactly what she was doing. And I don't think she had an idea that uh, it was that. It's just that in our Andean tradition, there are different um, rituals that are passed from generation to the other. So they just continue doing that kind of healing. And my grandmother really was the one that I was the closest as I was growing up and I I see, you know, I saw her like my greatest teacher. Mm-hmm. So everything that I am now practicing that is really um, the inspiration for who I am becoming, I will say it has been based in my relationship with her. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. There was a post 
a few months ago on the community of Herb Nerds um, Facebook community page, and I had a picture of plantain, and you said that, oh, I know that plant. I used mm-hmm. to work with it. Was it with your grandmother? My grandmother, because in Peru, that plant is called llantén, and it grows everywhere, but of course, they're very uh, bigger than here, and it's mainly used to clear any wounds and to mm-hmm. avoid any infection, mm-hmm. but also to close the wounds very quickly, and um, it can also be... Um, you know, it can also be brewed as a tea, so right. people can take it for some internal discomfort. There is so much, but you know, we had that growing in the backyard, and mm-hmm. my grandmother will always use it. Mm-hmm. So it got really imprinted in my mind. Mm-hmm. That's what is that for? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so great. Mm-hmm. I love that. Do yeah. you have any other regulations of working with herbs with your grandmother or um, different healing experiences that you shared with her? Oh, many. Just for example, um, something that we always have at home and probably many families here is that for a stomach ache, one of the best remedies is, um, ah, what is the name of this vegetable that we put on chicken soups? Uh, um, vegetable? Is it parsley? It's, no, it, it's similar, but it's long. Um, what could it be? Leeks? The next one. No leeks. Onion? <laughs> <laughs> what is the name in espanol apio celery 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 yes oh yes yes so you oh. make tea out of the leaves of celery and it's a oh. wonderful um digestive system helper but nice. if you already are with a stomach ache just make it a little uh, maybe you know, stronger and drink mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. wonderful so just things like that oh that's so nice yeah you had this relationship with your grandmother which kind of nurtured a healing spirit within yourself yes you're just starting to bud mm-hmm. and so then you mentioned that you you took classes or you worked with other practitioners what was what happened next uh, well, I think also it a little bit more about my experience in my country because um, from since I was a very uh, small child, my mother would take me to these big gatherings in the highlands because I was born in a little town in the highland of Peru. And over there, I will see a lot of traditions. For example, I will go there in, through, in, I think it was during the month of February, mm-hmm. where there is a big festival that everybody... Uh, honors, especially in the highland, especially people who raise cattle, because it's the time to mark their cattle, the time to um, do ceremonies for the land that we call Pachamama, you know, give different gifts. So they in uh, has in the late or in the in the energy of Aini or reciprocity, mm-hmm. Mother Earth gives us back what we need, you know, mm-hmm. with a plenty and abundance of food and all of that. Mm-hmm. So I will participate in those things just as an observant because I was a child. But I remember at night we all will gather together after a big um, time of eating, drinking, dancing, mm-hmm. and everybody will sit in circle and th- th- they will throw the coca leaves and they will read, you know, mm-hmm. how it's going to be the next year's harvesting. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. Like or, the Japanese tea cup readings, but with the coca leaves. But with the coca leaves. And that is something that I've I've just noticed being a child, but they will talk extensively, you know, like a, like a telling a story. Right. And now that I go back to my country twice a year, sometimes more, 
uh, coca leaves is, is a tradition that has been there for hundreds of years, especially the medicine people, they do that to find out about themselves, to find out about other people, if they're working with other people, maybe to read more uh, in-depth where is the illness or the right. discomfort coming from. So reading that the coca leaf. so cool and yeah. so interesting. Yeah, oh, yes, I, I remember that. those two. Then um, moving on, um, I left my country when I was, what, 22 years? So I've been living here for 30 already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now you know how young I am. <laughs> so... Uh, coming here, always having that curiosity about the unseen. I, I took my first classes uh, to do past life regressions. Mm-hmm. And it was just like going to see what is that about, never really thinking that I will be doing something with that kind of knowledge later. Right. And then I got involved in more groups um, and doing my own work, um, bringing myself back to really start loving myself for who I am and working on my low self-esteem so mm-hmm. I, I had the opportunity to opportunity to work with different kinds of therapies mm-hmm. and that I think that is your best um, exposure when you know the therapies work at a deep level mm-hmm. and then sometimes we were triggering that oh I would like to facilitate that too so what I don't hey. take a class here <laughs> and there so that is how it developed until I nice. I met my my teachers I I've been studying with many mm-hmm. and but there is a point where after you gather so much information, it's time to go inwardly and to really become your own teacher, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they said we all always have that knowledge. Um, it is innate in us. So right. all the other knowledges from the different places, um, they're just starting activating our own connection with what is true. So I think that is where I am right now. But still, I sometimes um, find new teachers that can bring me closer, especially to my tradition or right. to more things that that people are bringing now out to the to the world mm-hmm. that are really very effective. Yeah. What have you learned and observed through your practice in shamanic healing? And when did you know that this indeed was your path? I think what I observe, as I just mentioned a few minutes ago, it started with me first. Um, how much those alternative ways of healing had an effect on my own healing. And basically realizing that, hmm, I'm going to go a little beyond of what healing is, but realizing that we are whole in every single moment. And it's just our perhaps confused perception that make makes us believe that we are separate from from the great creative force. Therefore, in that moment of separation, we start identifying with the environment of the outside more than what is really inside and what is the truth. And of course, you know, we if we don't deal with, with that state of, of um, separation, we become perhaps ill mm-hmm. or have different things that are not really for our highest good, but at the same time, somehow they are because it's part of the lessons we're choosing. So I have learned to really have a lot of respect in, in in the whole. And, you know, medicine, regular traditional medicine, it has its space and its time. Mm-hmm. I cannot just say, no, 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 everything is about alternative healing and that's all I'm doing because right. that it is not, uh, is, wouldn't be really correct to say. So right. everything has its place. But about the different um, healing techniques, what I've really noticed, and I know many of your listeners will agree with me, is that we are a system, uh, you know, um, a being that is component by different systems. So we have the physical, mental, 
the emotional and the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And uh, we cannot separate just the physical mm, and um, discomfort or illness and just pretend to just cure that part of it without right. really working on the other three components. Right. So in alternative and holistic healing, that's exactly what they do. And especially in the shamanic tradition, mm-hmm. you know, the... Uh, really the the foundation is to know that we are spirit beings having a physical um, experience. So mm-hmm. if that is the case, everything starts at the level of the spirit. Mm-hmm. So when we are confused about our closeness to the spirit realm, the mm-hmm. separation that we pretended to just enact for, you know, for how many lifetimes we need to, right. um, that perception, that belief that we are less than or mm-hmm. separate from, Mm-hmm. Well, in time, if we don't um, really work to come back to who we are, could create also separation, of course, mentally, emotionally, and mm-hmm. ultimately physical, mm-hmm. which will arise in some type of illness, maybe mm-hmm. some type of um, uh, bad habit mm-hmm. or um, self-sabotaging behavior, so many other things. Mm-hmm. So in the holistic way of seeing things, we are all a whole, mm-hmm. but we have, you know, um, a different, how can we say, maybe bodies that we need like to different bring cells together. Yes. In a body. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So um, I remember when we had our very first private shamanic journey together years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was stuck in a space where I had a lot of pent up emotion and resentment towards a family member in my life. And I felt as if I was always trying to please that person and whether or not I was getting that gratitude that I was looking for, I still felt unhappy and stuck in a pattern. Um, So I was always coming from this pivot point of trying to please, trying to please. Um, And my resentment towards this person was something that I was creating because I was stuck in a cycle. And then what do you know? I find your business card. And mm. I'm like, I felt connected. I was like, this, this, this is a connection that I need to make. And it was just one experience that I had with you that I was able to completely break that cycle. And it was incredible. Like all the resentment, all of it just melted away. And I felt like I was able to start over fresh and new And I got this sense of excitement of like, now I get to create a new relationship. And that is so amazing. And I know that so many people feel stuck in patterns and sometimes we fall victim to it. We just think, well, this is just who I am. This is, this is just how I react to stress, but we can make another step and heal ourselves so deeply with shamanic healing. So have you heard stories like this in your practice? Is this something that you see? Yes, many, many, many stories. And I just feel very humble because we really individually and collectively are at a different place of knowing that there is more to life of what we are experiencing. In my opinion, this is just such a small, really a component of the whole that we have not even idea of everything that is awaiting for us. And that's why um, shamanic practice goes really in-depth because it really takes us to the essence of who we are. And in a moment, you can realize that in your case, you know, trying to please everybody else was just 
your calling for love to be accepted, mm-hmm. to belong, to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And that going back again to that first state of separation, pretending that we can really be someone we are not. Mm-hmm. And then just realizing that we've ne- we never left home. Really, <laughs> it's just a change in perception. It's just so amazing. Mm-hmm. But of course, for the mind, uh, which we love and we need, but it still wants to be in charge, makes things very complicated. Mm-hmm. So there is always kind of a conflict between what we say, you know, the mind and the heart. Which one do I listen <laughs> or where, which one do I trust? Mm-hmm. So I think really working in the unseen world, the, the spiritual realm of it, we really know that we are more than our thoughts mm-hmm. and our beliefs. And mm-hmm. when we start that self-inquiry journey, you know, it will t- take you somewhere when you really start realizing that I've never been really apart from from that mm-hmm. um, big energy where we all belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is just amazing to see that. Mm-hmm. But of course, the work, the real work always start with the self. You know, it would be wonderful just to maybe read books, take classes, get certificates and just start doing this work. But life is so amazing that brought me experiences where I can put all that knowledge in practice. Mm-hmm. So really, if we choose to, uh, we walk our talk. Mm-hmm. And that I think is very precious and and one of the most challenging ways of living. Right. <laughs> With authenticity, you know. Right. Yeah. Being authentic to the self. Yes. When live here yes. mm-hmm. right now. Right. So how would you describe what is a journey like for someone you know, there's there's drumming and mm-hmm. what else can yeah. you say? Um, I think um, a shamanic journey, we're talking about shamanism, is a journey inwardly to the self. You know, is I will say quieting the mind to a certain degree because the mind is always going to be active. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's focusing on one thing at a time, very similar to hypnosis. And with the rhythm of the drum, because it has a very deep, intense beating, um, the mind quiets easily. And it takes us in, into a, a journey uh, where we can really find a place within us where we can feel safe. Mm-hmm. Safe to have our, our experience. But at the same time, it's raising our vibration to a place, um, to a place where we can really either go to understand a part of us Mm -hmm. or to resolve a problem or to just be at peace or to feel who we are, the essence of who we are, maybe to connect with the spirit realm. There are so many different ways why we do those shamanic journeys. Mm -hmm. But for example, we cannot like, um, we cannot uh, pretend to make any changes, you know, at the level of energy uh, where we were when we created the problem. And I think mm-hmm. Albert Einstein said something that comes from him. <laughs> so I'm just using my own words, but it's right. So in the shamanic journey, you not only are are going inwardly mm-hmm. to experience different ways of reality, but you are also tapping into the perfection and the divinity of everything. So from that place, that will be completely unconditional divine love. That's from where you can really make lasting and meaningful changes, let's say it in the way we perceive life. And that's when healing occurs. Mm. 
So in some journey work, some shamans use spirit medicines such as San Pedro and ayahuasca in their ceremonies for deep, powerful healing. What is your advice for people who want to experience these powerful catalysts during journey work? Working with a medicine plant, and in my tradition, we call it visionary plants. Mm -hmm. It is sacred. Mm -hmm. I would repeat that again. It is sacred. Mm -hmm. Meaning that the plants in itself, they have their own wisdom. You know, it's like giving myself to my teacher, completely trusting my life in the hands of my teacher and saying, take me wherever I need to go. You know uh, what I can handle. Mm -hmm. So you give yourself to the plant fully and completely. And of course, I am talking about my personal experience with San Pedro, uh, which is actually Wachuma is, is the original name. And also with ayahuasca. I done that in the jungle. I done that um, in, in Cusco. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's very sacred. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think um, the main reason why we work with those plants is based on our intention. Mm -hmm. You know, what do we intend to receive from the plant and also to have um, responsibility with the information or the vision or the healing that you receive from the plants? It's not just going into the journey. Mm -hmm. To me, the most important part is what do you do with what you receive after you come back from your journey? Mm -hmm. That's to me when the real work starts mm -hmm. because the plant will take you. Just the moment you allow that plant in, in your body, it will take you. Mm -hmm. But what do you do with that? So I, I think a lot of people, they need to be educated. That is my perception without any meanings of criticism or judgment. Mm -hmm. But if it's just used for recreational purposes, mm -hmm. we are really missing. We're really, really missing the purpose of the plant. I've seen amazing things. I've heard really wonderful things, how the plants especially can heal uh, physical uh, physical illness, like a schizophrenia or women who couldn't conceive babies, even cancer, mm -hmm. or, you know, different things that um, it will be almost um, incredible to accept as real. Right. But it's very true. But it's the, also the big component of... Um, helping us see that we are more than this physical body, you know, mm -hmm. traveling freely to different dimensions of existence, going back in time to the first time when we were conceived, even mm -hmm. longer, you know, to other lifetimes, mm -hmm. or even projecting into the future, being in the space, or, but it's always to learn more about the self. It is to really learn more of who we are mm -hmm. and losing any kind of fear for the unknown, because I think a lot of the the answers that we're seeking, it's really in the unknown. So working mm -hmm. with plants again is very sacred. Mm -hmm. It should be done with highly, highly um, a state of responsibility mm -hmm. and also find the teachers who are really going to take you uh, in a journey that is for your highest good. And mm -hmm. always, this is my personal opinion, do it in a sacred circle with meaning, purpose and responsibility. Mm -hmm. If you do that, the plant will become your best ally, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Also realizing that taking visionary plants is not the only way, mm -hmm. is what we choose. Mm -hmm. Being very clear about that, some people might not choose to do that. 
Mm-hmm. And that's perfect. You just being in a state of meditation, contemplation, being in gratitude every day, you know, just loving yourself mm-hmm. and showing that love and sharing love with everybody else. That in itself is a journey. Mm-hmm. So the plant, it's all a journey. Right? It's all a journey. So the plants are just here perhaps to speed up the process, mm-hmm. to let us see other things that mm, that we want to experience, you mm-hmm. know, but and, and of course for the healing purposes. Mm-hmm. So that is what I have to share. <laughs> Such good tidbits yeah. of wisdom. Uh, so are there any herbs that are maybe not so intense, um, more along the lines of relaxing herbs that can help when you're doing a journey, like maybe lavender or do you find that certain teas can be yeah. help help people who can be a little bit too cerebral about their experience Uh like question am I really seeing this Mm. this is am I really hearing like well I think you probably are the expert in herbs (laughs) I am not too much but what I would like to add to what you just said because it's extremely important is that perception you know that belief that uh, outcome that we want to get or uh, because in, in my case, talking about shamanism, but also hypnosis, because in my sessions, I combine both. Mm-hmm. It is important sometimes to give the information to people who come to work with me or, or probably other practitioners in your audience might have experienced this, that there is a lot of misconception about mm, maybe being in a state of uh, meditation on, or in a, in a higher state of awareness. So, for example, when we are um, in a hypnosis session or a shamanic session, a lot of people think, oh, I'm making this up, or this is just a product of my imagination, or I don't see or I don't hear anything, I'm just forcing this to happen. Right. And I've always have to say, well, it's your experience. So, yes, it is coming from you. Mm-hmm. It's not, nobody is going to tell you, you know, what to see, what to feel, what to perceive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not like a movie that you're watching outside of your own mind. Mm-hmm. Everything is about you. So let go of thinking, pretending or self-examining you too much and just trust that what it comes to you, really what the important part is the message, you mm-hmm. know, the feeling, what mm-hmm. is created there. And also... When, uh, when we are in session, as I said uh, a few minutes ago, um, our state of awareness, it's, it's more sensitive mm-hmm. uh, because many people close their eyes, they focus on their breathing, they start relaxing. But uh, believe me, just because we're not very aware of the environment outside with our eyes, the other senses really intensify. You become really aware of sounds. Mm-hmm. You become sensitive in your in your um, inner nature, you know, mm-hmm. of something um, it, it is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is kind of like being consciously and subconsciously aware of what you're experiencing in that moment. Mm-hmm. So it is good for people to realize that, that mm-hmm. everything is perfect and there is no reason to negate or no reason to judge Mm-hmm. any parts of the experience, whether it makes sense in that moment or not, it will bring um, a very big piece of of your self-discovery. It was very hard for me in the beginning because I questioned everything and I couldn't see so well. And what I found is that through doing more and more of them, it just becomes easier. Have you, have you noticed that? Yes, oh, constantly. Yeah. And the reason, in my opinion, is because the mind is very busy trying to make sense out of everything. 
And if it doesn't have a point of reference from the past, this is something new, we've never done that, or what is this, this is not real, it's going to start disregarding all of those things. Mm -hmm. And of course, it creates a busy mind, you know, the monkey mind, <laughs> and you want to make sense out of everything. And I think it has its place because the logical mind is wonderful. It creates a state of protection, a state of awareness, uh, but it could also cancel a lot of very good information just because it doesn't comprehend and it doesn't want to accept it. Mm -hmm. So for you, uh, with practice, you start trusting, mm -hmm. you know, the spiritual part of the experience more than what your mind is saying mm -hmm. until you find a place where the both, you know, mind and heart can work together because mm -hmm. it's, it's my honest opinion to bring both uh, to right. work together not right. to disregard the mind, not to, to try to kill the ego. Everything has its place. It's just to work with the whole in harmony. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, um, it, it, everything is done with love and respect. And when we use that for whatever action we take, in my opinion, there is no way that we can create a mistake. <laughs> everything has a purpose and has a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Whether the mind accepts it or not. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a while for the yes, mind to it catch does. on. Mm -hmm. oh. So can you describe what is a spirit guide and what are animal helpers? I i don't know. Are they the same? Are they different? I think uh, all of them are spirit, spirit guides. But okay. of course, when we talk about animal helpers or animal totems or um, spirit animals, we're talking more about the guys that we encounter in the lower world or underworld sometimes is called. So in the native tradition, as in my Andean tradition, we believe in three levels of existence, the upper world, the middle world, and the underworld. In the um, native tradition, we can journey to both worlds because that's where we get the answers, you know, and that's where we get the support of um, the spiritual realm. So in the upper world, you can get um, a, a guide, who perhaps is one of your ancestors, it's an angelic being or one of the great masters um, ever known in, in human history. It could also be somebody who has now transitioned into the spiritual realm that you have a very special or very unique connection while they were here in the middle world having their human experience. It could be that. So um, what, when you go to the underworld, is specifically to find your, uh, your animal ally, your power animal. Mm -hmm. Now, um, again, my personal uh, truth is this, and, and some people might agree, some people might not, but this is my truth based on my own experience. Any kind of a spirit guide you encounter, that you call, that you feel, you the connection with it, um, it is an extension of your own essence. Um, it is there to reflect back to you, you your own light, you know, your own perfection and divinity. Mm -hmm. So if we receive an animal and um, that is here to, let's, let's put an example, maybe is a wolf. The medicine of the wolf is immense. And uh, it would not be fair for me to describe what is the medicine of the wolf because it depends on each person how they relate to that animal, you Just know? Just like dreams, right? Exactly. So for me, the wolf might show up for me, um, uh, to me to teach me perhaps um, softness and vigilance. Mm -hmm. For somebody else, might be courage and strength. For others, might be protection and uh, 
Uh, what else can we be like, like higher vision or something mm -hmm. so it's very personal mm -hmm. very personal and when when i connect uh, with that animal if that animal comes here to teach me let's say courage it simply means that i already have the uh the seed of courage within me it is part of who i am mm -hmm. but perhaps now that animal that is presenting itself like outside of me i am perceiving it in different ways either where i see it clearly in my mind's eye with my feelings or just annoying you know um or it comes to me in a dream or something in in a reading something but that medicine of that animal is there mm -hmm. to really reflect back to me what is already in myself it's not bringing anything from outside. Mm -hmm. There may be the difference is that right now, even though I know courage is part of who I am, but I'm not using it yet because I don't know how or, or being afraid is stronger right now than being courageous. Mm -hmm. So the animal can very well come to us to help us activate mm -hmm. more of that energy that is kind of like dormant still within us. Right. Or maybe to let us know that you are in your path of becoming this courageous person and I am here to guide you. So it is simply just extension of your true self that you can perceive as a guide. I like that. Yeah, because then it is all about yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, it is all about you uh, being the master of your life. It is nothing from outside. It's really you. And it happens to every one of us. I think it, it that way of seeing, um, especially the um, uh, alternative holistic modalities is very empowering mm -hmm. because I, I ultimately I am my own healer mm -hmm. because I am also the creator of any illnesses <laughs> right <laughs> that I might suffer whether I know it or not but I have the power to transform that and to transcend that right it's and very empowering exactly animal helpers yes that's why they're called helpers mm -hmm. what type of questions can you ask your spirit helper spirit guides Mm, I will say anything you want, mm -hmm. but mainly I think um, it is again to discover more about you. Mm -hmm. So if you, at a certain time when you connect with your animal helper, you're going through some um, issues that is very difficult for you to overcome on your own or to really see the wisdom and the beauty in that lesson, you know, ask for clarity ask your power animal to really show you the truth in what you're experiencing rather than what you think is the meaning because many times we are really confused mm -hmm. you know and the truth it is always present but we don't see it because we have other um, limited beliefs or or just environment society you know rules that we follow or or we just don't know who we are and we get very confused and we don't see the truth which is always present so it is interesting to know that really the path of healing in my opinion mm -hmm. is not become heal um, because in my opinion we're already whole you know it's just that perception that a part of us is is um is being perhaps hurt mm -hmm. or it needs to be fixed or it has been broken mm -hmm. but again there's just a perception mm -hmm. so when we are working with our animal helpers and ask them to really help us to see clearly you know what is this about why am i experiencing this what have i chosen to experience that what is the lesson in this um what is here for me to learn we're also really exchanging medicine with that power animal mm 
because that power animal comes to us with a specific gift, you know, with a specific way of approaching us, or there is um, a reason why they have um, here our calling and our present here. So we really want to all, we want also to find out about the medicine that they bring to us and how can we relate to that medicine at this specific time in our lives. So again, going back to your question, you can ask anything you want, mm. but of course, always make it meaningful, you know, right. yes, something <laughs> that you, you know, it's, it's for your highest good and it's not just temporarily and it's just, it's just curiosity. Wear, spirit animal? <laughs> you will be surprised. They might tell you. <laughs> My black raven would say black. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Powerful animal. Oh, that's great. What challenges do you see commonly with the people that you work with? I think um, one of the biggest challenges is not too much now, but in the beginning, and this is good to mention, um, sometimes there are some people who want to find the solution very quickly and from outside of them. And so they go to seek help, whether it's traditional therapy or unconditional, uh, excuse me. Oh, that must be a reason why I said unconditional, <laughs> non-traditional medicine. You know, they come with this expectation that you are going to, you are going to heal me. You're mm -hmm. going to make me whole. You're going to fix me. And my humble opinion is that is not true. What we can do is hold sacred space for you. Um, you know, invite you to have your own experience, taking take you into a journey, but you are going to really discover that all the healing you seek, it's in your own hands. Mm -hmm. And so in very, very traditional shamanism, for example, the shaman is the one in charge to travel between worlds, upper world, lower world, and they go and they bring your power animal or you know, they, they bring the parts of your soul to become whole and they do all those uh, different rituals. But now in this modern world, in this present time, we are becoming more responsible, therefore empowering the self. So we are the ones in charge of our healing. So the way that I practice um, shamanic healing is not for me to go and take all the answers for you and just deliver them to you. Mm -hmm. But on the contrary, you know, helping you to go into your own inner journey and you gathering your own answers. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that um, this um, non-traditional, let's say, way of approaching, approaching shamanic healing is more effective than the traditional. I'm not saying that. It's just a different approach because we are at that place and at that time where we as individuals need to really stand on our own and become responsible, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to be in charge of our own lives. Nobody else really can know more than us about right. our own self. Right. I see that a lot in the herb shop. Sometimes people come in and they're, I've even had a few people say, fix me or call me Dr. Monica. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not your doctor. I can't fix you. But I can connect you with some helpers, which are herbs. Yes. That might be able to help you. Mm -hmm. But I let people know that they're developing a relationship with these plant spirits, that they're, it's not just, it's not a drug, you know, it's not, it's not just something magical thing that's going to make them feel better. It's actually cultivating a relationship inside, which empowers them as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And one more comment about what you just said, which is wonderful. Um, I think part of the healing process is to recognize what is causing that, 
But the other part is also preventing our own self for doing the same thing that caused the illness to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. So after the person is in a state of balance in all of, of, of their bodies, what do I do to not go there anymore? So that is the other part of the education, of the, of the self-discovering. You know, if I was in this um, abusive relationship and now, now I know why, well, what do I do with my own energy now that I, that I don't attract a similar relationship in the future? Mm-hmm. So again, it co- comes back to work with the self. And I mm-hmm. think in anything, it could be from just a stop uh, to stop smoking or smoking cessation to a person who is really very addictive to different kinds of drugs. Mm-hmm. So it, we have different levels, right? Mm-hmm. But it's all basically, we go back to the foundation, the basic, which is self-love. Mm. That is where everything starts when we forget really that we are just divine and, and complete and perfect. Mm-hmm. And we are the extension and the, the love of God in form, mm-hmm. like the way mastery say, which is really wonderful. So when we really realize that, even if we have cancer, I'm going to say this, and I don't, my, some people might not agree with me, but it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's easier for me to say because I don't have it. And someone who is going through cancer right now might say, how can you say that? Mm-hmm. But really, we all have our own experiences. Mine might not be cancer, but I had other things that w- would create perhaps emotional cancer mm-hmm. at some point that I was able to really overcome because, again, loving myself is what is more important. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the purpose of being here besides being the extension of the love of God, mm-hmm. it's to fall in love with myself like I've never done before, mm. right? So romantic. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good and romantic. I'm going to give myself yeah, a hug. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so would you say that you're cultivating a relationship with spirit guides and you you do that, do you do that in the morning too or not just at challenging times? Is it that you see that certain animal in in this middle world that you feel like called or what would you say to that? Interesting. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Because the only way to work with the power of the animals is not when you do a shamanic journey. Okay. Very well, you can encounter an animal in the middle world right there in your life, like animal that perhaps you don't see too much. I I usually put a lot of attention into that because there is medicine there. Mm-hmm. Like one day in my closet, I found um, a scorpion. Ooh. Yeah, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, I really, yeah, we live in the forest, but it's not very common to see that. And right there in, in my closet where my clothes are, so I went to look for my book, you know, what's Ooh. the meaning? Uh, because it, I was just going to work and it was faster for me to look it up. But it was something about put attention to your dreams. Mm-hmm. or something like that in that specific moment so I did that mm-hmm. um, so it is it is good to sit with that not necessarily looking for a book for the meaning but if you okay. have time just go inwardly and just sit with that energy of that animal mm-hmm. it probably has a message for you that is exactly um, very empowering for what you're experiencing in that moment mm-hmm. yeah and just trust at least if nothing comes clear in your mind mm-hmm. if, if you're really in tune with mother nature in general, in this case, in the expression of an animal, Mm -hmm. you will feel something immediately just peaceful. And of course, dreams are extremely important. Very, very important. Oh, right. Yes. And I had um, 
uh, actually a friend of mine who is um, a very wise woman and I admire a lot, she gave me a little piece of information that put, uh, like helped me to put um, my dreams um, or to make sense out of my dreams, which is in, in the... In the shamanism and way of seeing life through the eyes of the shaman, let's say, and uh, please know that I don't consider myself a shaman. I am a shamanic practitioner mm -hmm. or a shamanic healing practitioner. But in, in the way of the shaman, there is always a very, very deep, very deep uh, medicine that needs to be done in the self. It's kind of like restructuring yourself. But when that happens, you know, parts of you have to die have to let go. Mm -hmm. We have to say goodbye <laughs> um, for the new one to come. Mm -hmm. So in that process, sometimes it's really like the phoenix, you know, the, the or, or uh, coming out from the from the ashes and becoming this new being right. with more light, with more strength, and and that's exactly what happened in in the shamanic sense of um, transformation. Mm -hmm. or transcending the old ways of being mm -hmm. to uh, make a space for the new ones. Mm -hmm. So in, in, in the world of animals, uh, going back to the dream that I was uh, mentioning, um, when a person is, is killed or eaten or just ripped off because of an animal, Right. It is very significant because it's on uh, the next level of initiation in, in, in the shamanic healing. Okay. And I had a few dreams like that, and I never really <laughs> put that together. You know, why is this um, uh, puma ripping off my arm? Mm -hmm. Why is this beard on top of my head ready to, <laughs> to eat me? Mm -hmm. and, transformation, and Exactly. Right? So it's that transformation. So it, it is very significant to put attention to how the animal comes to you, but really sit silently and find your own answer. Nobody else will have that for you. You know, what is the message and the meaning? So why would you say that this work is so meaningful to you? Um, hmm. Because it really takes me to the level of the essence of who I am. Um, and because in any ancient tradition, in any country, you know, in any part of, of planet Earth, a lot of wisdom is carried in the, mm -hmm. in the traditional medicine. Wisdom that perhaps for a while, um, I wouldn't say we, we have lost. It mm -hmm. just has been hidden mm -hmm. uh, because we are just now becoming ready to receive more information of our ancestors, of all the medicine that has been perhaps kept um, a secret so it wouldn't be abused or... Or now, if, if we have um, knowledge about them, it can be used um, in for the highest good of all. But it is um, amazing to know that, especially in the elders, you know, the ancient ones, had carried this for so many generations. And uh, and if we um, talk a little bit about my Andean tradition, mm -hmm. there is so many legends that are based on true stories. But they become a little like a fantasy because that is the way to carry the story mm -hmm. that now we're seeing very clearly, you know, how all those ancient traditions are coming back to the surface. And what is very beautiful about the medicine people in the Andes is that they're ready to share this. Uh, they don't feel there is need to be, let's say, it in a, in a um, secret group 
or like in the past, you know, in the ancient ones, we have those mystery schools where only very few of the elite will have access to all this information. Now they're really bringing this information from the up uh, and the mountains to the villages and just talking about that, teaching people. Go, you know, I've been initiated in my tradition many times and the Paco, which is the name of the medicine people of the highlands, says now go back to where you came and start teaching and start sharing. Mm-hmm. And I just found that very interesting uh, because I'm thinking, oh, don't I don't need to take like a, like a, <laughs> I don't know, weekend class and pay you two, three thousand dollars and get a certificate so I can teach. That's not their mentality. It's really coming from the heart. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. They know that we're ready. We're ready, and we need it more than ever right now. Yes. Yeah. How would a listener implore how to join you on a journey? You're going to Peru and Bolivia soon. Yes, yes. I take groups twice a year, usually in April and in October. And the journeys are have the intention to really be a bridge uh, between, let's say, um, the environment to where people find themselves, but also the um, place inwardly where the truth resides and going to these places in this case let um, to the Andes you know where where there are there is so much accumulation of higher vibrations mm-hmm. based especially on their spiritual um, ceremonies and rituals it expands it intensifies that energy that the person carries and and the reason why they're going into this journey so that's what um, our trips are offered as a spiritual trips Yes, we go as a regular tourist. We learn about the whys and the how and the when of every sacred places. But the other component is doing um, ceremonies, sitting in the blanket of the medicine people of the Andes and participating in their very ancient ceremonies, not only observing, but really participating and uh, being a very essential part of the entire ceremony. And of course, we go to different places. We work with different medicine people, with the Pacos of the Highlands of Peru. But when we go to Bolivia, we work with the Yatiris, which are the medicine people of Bolivia. Uh, And very similar medicine, but very unique in their own way. Mm -hmm. And also, I am am preparing another trip to go to the jungle in the Peruvian um, part of of the jungle Mm -hmm. to work specifically with the medicine of those visionary plants Mm -hmm. and that in itself is a very different journey Mm. yes that's amazing yes how long is the journey uh the journey to the mountains are between 14 to 16 days that's great yeah because uh you have to really take in consideration two days for the round trip because Mm -hmm. there is change in time there is layover and by the time you arrive pretty much um it would we'll say a whole day is taken right. uh, and then we either have one day or two days three days um, throughout the trip mm-hmm. because then people can gather themselves um, you know um, adjust to the altitude right w- oh Maybe? yeah well that okay. is done the first week okay but we have a free day in the middle before we go to the south of Peru and Bolivia mm-hmm. so people can walk on their own be more in commune communing with with the with the people, the tradition, rather than just always being with the group, with a group or in mm-hmm. a private car, mm-hmm. they can just take off and, and do their shopping, mm-hmm. um, get a great massage, mm-hmm. you know, um, take their their clothes to the laundry, whatever they want, and it's always good to have those free days so they can gather their energy and prepare um, either for the other portion of the journey or to come home. 
Yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. that's amazing. How would people find you? You have a website. Yes, uh, the information about the trips are in my website, and it's www.f has in free, y has in your, and then the word is spirit, S-P-I-R-I-T, dot com. And that's short for free your spirit. So it's fyspirit.com. And, and there is my information how to contact me via email or phone number. Or may I give it right mm-hmm. now? You can. Yeah, so they can contact me at 530-863-0003 or send me an email to m as in Maricela, a as in Alvarez, at fyspirit.com. And I will be happy to assist you with whatever you want for your for your um, dream trip. You know, going to Peru and Bolivia, many people said, oh, it's in my bucket list. But I want something a little different. So we customize those trips for them. Uh, because in the regular program, let's say, as an example, the Inca Trail is not offered. Mm-hmm. But if you, for example, you're very young, you, you're active, mm-hmm. you're probably adventurous, you would like to do the Inca Trail, mm-hmm. either if it's for four days or two days. Mm-hmm. And we can add that probably at the beginning or at the end of the regular program. Mm-hmm. Let's say some people, even though uh, we advertise the trips as a spiritual and everything, in my opinion, is a spiritual, but some people might not want to be sitting for three, four hours to do ceremony. And they might say, oh, I would like to see something else. Right. Well, I'll, I'll just adjust that for, for them, customize their program. So there are parts where they're always with the group, but mm-hmm. some, pl- some other parts that they want to experience on their own, mm-hmm. it, it is available too. So it's a very easy going trip. Mm-hmm. And we really become a family mm-hmm. because for either 14 or 16 days, you are with the same people every day. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have uh, two orientation meetings before we embark on the trip. Mm-hmm. So people know exactly what to bring, what to spend, what is the money exchange, what is uh, the com- electric converters, mm-hmm. you know, what are the books that I suggest for them to read, mm-hmm. what are the clothing to bring or medicine if they take any, mm-hmm. what is the weather, you know, how are the streets, how, uh, what do people expect from you, all of those logistics. Right. And then in another meeting, we talk about the spiritual part of it. What are the ceremonies about? Mm-hmm. Know how you, you can really be a part of, of the ceremony without just being an observer, but really taking a part of it. And how significant it is to the trip as, as the family we are, but also individually to every single person. Mm-hmm. So people go really very well prepared. But still, I said, let go of any expectations. <laughs> because let's be realistic, we are traveling to third world countries. Mm-hmm. So it is not the same like being here at home but it's very unique and, and, and very, uh, for the lack of word, another word, very special. Mm-hmm. So if you're really in tune with what is your purpose and what is your intention to go to those sacred places, mm-hmm. you will get what you, were, what you went for and even more. Mm-hmm. And one more thing about the trips, um, this is more about uh, every individual. Um, things and changes happen. Because in those places, uh, I'm not just talking about the Andes, in any powerful places throughout the planet, you know, those energies intensified whatever we're bringing. So if we are going, perhaps many people, especially women, going on my different trips, um, I think I'm in April, 
it's my eighth trip. So I've been doing this for a while. I see people who said, wow, I'm, I just want to go there because I am about to make a big changes in my life, but I'm still very doubtful and afraid. I don't know, but I feel that this trip is going to help me to have clarity right. and to have the courage to follow my dreams. And they come back and, and there is no doubt. They know. Hmm. Some people might have an expectation, oh, uh, going on that trip, um, this is what is going to happen. And actually the opposite happens. You know, a lot of things that are kind of like in the shadow start coming up to the surface because they're ready to work on them. And it might feel like, oh no, why am I feeling this way? You know, right. I'm not supposed to feel this way. It is perfect the way you feel right. because you have given exactly the medicine you're ready to receive. So just to be very open, yeah, have expectations, but do not measure everything in the way you think it should be, but let the divine guide you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's yeah. great. Thank you, Marisala. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You have been listening to the Herb Nerd Podcast, which is all about herbs, healing, and spirituality. That's all for this episode. And until next time... For more inspiring advice and to learn how to cultivate your inner sanctuary, head on over to my website at www.theherbnerdpodcast.com or find me on Twitter or Facebook. And to show the world that you're an herb nerd, please don't forget to rate me on iTunes. It really does make a difference. Five stars. The Herb Nerd Podcast is an educational resource, so stay tuned for the next discovery of the many musings 